92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. How we feeling, Charlotte? Weekend after the draft, Brandon Miller, your second overall pick. You hear him speak to the media on Friday. Same with Mitch Kupchak. Same with Nick Smith Jr. I saw pictures of James Najee in town. We'll get to the Charlotte Hornets draft. And then we'll even talk a little more about the sports direction of the city after a few of these drafts. We'll also get to Wes's fire shirt getting off of the bus even before we load up on the bus. Wes has never looked better because he's got a Hakeem Olajuwon baby blue late 90s logo shirt that he got for clearance and it should have been $40 but instead it was like 6 or 10 Whew, it's uh, it's, it's I, a lot I of fire. I appreciate that man. I fancy myself the best shopper in America. I mean, you know, no need for uh, you know. And I go into Lids locker room and I hit the clearance rack and uh I've got, I think I, the Steve Nash and the Scotty Pippen one I got, I think for like $10 a piece too, man. But they, they have those Mitchell and Ness shirts that when they hit the rack, they're 40, 50. You wait on them just a little bit mm-hmm. and you can go in there, snatch you one up for 10 bucks. Hakeem, they had a Steve Smith one uh, oh, no. and a Hawks that was uh, $10 as well. A who Hawks jersey? Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. Steve Smith's jersey. Yeah. Then I got another one for you tomorrow. I got $6. I got two shirts for 16 Fire! Bucks. Okay, that's a Wes's. We've got so many Wes's. <laughs> there, there are lots of Wes's. in the universe. You know we like to do that. It's like four or five of me in here right now. There is, yeah. There, there's a clone of Wes Bryant. You can find the original one on Twitter, though, at Wes Bryant underscore 72, to, where you can see his fire. Also, Wes and Walker on Twitter. Me at Walker Mail. Josh at HTB okay. underscore Josh. Let's go ahead, pull up to the scene, get off the bus, talking about the Charlotte Hornets. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! I want to ask the people, I want to ask Josh, Wes, I want to lead off with your opinion on just where you are after the weekend because we have our thoughts on a Friday after the Hornets. A couple of days, time, it helps heal wounds that you might have. It might help you actually dig your feet a little deeper into your opinion about the draft. Are you feeling any differently? Have you felt, have you developed any new opinions based off what the Charlotte Hornets did in this NBA draft? How are you feeling? Uh, I don't have any different opinions. I think Brandon Miller's interviews that are circulating were pretty interesting, promising a championship in a rookie year. So I think the young man is definitely That's a happy. finals appearance, not a championship, <laughs> just a finals appearance. But he appearance. said we're going to have that big old trophy at the end of this thing. All right, so maybe he did Trump promise yeah, championship. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, the young man's happy to check is probably about to hit any day now, so he's very excited, liable to say anything. But who could blame the young man? You just got drafted, hit a lifelong dream, about to be a millionaire for real, for real. So, yeah, other than that, my feelings have not changed at all. We're where we are at at this moment. Brandon Miller's a Hornet. We're going to see what's happening. Yeah, I want to hear from you guys as well. Text us. Our number is 704-570-9610. Fiddy, it was a wild Friday. We were at the Spectrum Center. Didn't get a lot of analysis from you on the NBA draft as you were back at the Planet Kia Studios running things. What were your thoughts on the overall draft, number two, and even what they were able to do 27 through 41? I'm glad you went from Josh to Fiddy because whenever I get Josh... 
I think I'm in trouble. Wes called me Joshua on the pre-show video, so thank you for changing it to the middle name or the the nickname. I texted you guys though on Friday on Thursday night. Outside of wanting Scoot Henderson in Charlotte, I like the draft. Remember, all the hype around Arkansas entering the year was around Nick Smith Jr. Yes, Anthony Black was a part of that. Amari Bailey made big shots for UCLA down the stretch in the NCAA tournament, so I think he can be a, a, a really nice piece, whether he's in Greensboro at the end of the rotation. But the way you've talked about um, – I'm going to butcher his last name because I butchered uh, Julio Rodriguez on Friday. You did James <laughs> Najee? Is yeah, that what you're talking about? The way that you have talked about him yeah. has made has made my heart smile because I think he is the draft pick you are easily the most excited about. It is. It because is. you were basketball aroused on Friday at the Spectrum Center. It, it really is. And the fact that they traded up for him, it means that they really valued him. Now, they didn't trade up a ton of picks, but they went to go get their guy. And that's exactly what I wanted this team to do with four draft picks from 27 to 45. They decided to package up a couple of them to move up and get one of the players that they really coveted. And I love what James Najee can bring to the table. And Nick Smith Jr. being such a high upside pick, I really love what this team did, especially after after the number two overall selection. But even with the number two overall selection encompassed in all of this, even if you did want Scoot Henderson, clearly raising my hand high, I'm not hiding from that by any stretch. That'd be weird if I tried to tell you that I wanted Brandon all along and the Scoot was just for show. But with Brandon, he's not going to fail. He's going to come in. You would expect him to shoot at a good percentage. He's going to be a big defender that is only going to help with his wingspan being that kind of big at the two spot or even at the small forward spot if they decide to make a surprising cut or surprising signing at the wing position with the Charlotte Hornets team. Do they bring back Miles Bridges? Is there somebody else that's going to come back that allows Brandon Miller to be your starter or be your sixth man off of the bench, seventh type of guy, something like that? It'll be fascinating to see. I also want to bring in the entire direction of the city sports-wise. Carolina, we're past the NFL draft. Now we're past the NBA draft. It's been a wild what? February, March, April, May. Here we are going into June. It's been in the city. No questions about it. I, I can't think of more nationally relevant conversation we're going to have in our radio lifetime for quite some time until you actually get to the championship level. Once Carolina is in the Super Bowl run, once the Charlotte Hornets are actually competing for an NBA Finals, if the Hornets are competing for an NBA Finals appearance, then we'll be nationally in the spotlight. But Wes, it's been crazy. Carolina had control of of the draft completely at number one overall. Charlotte, it really started with them because Wimby was going number one. We didn't have any conversation about the number one pick with the Spurs. It was all about who is Charlotte going to take. So the national spotlight with the draft, both of these things being big-time storylines, man, we've been at the center of it all. And I am excited to see the trajectory sports-wise of this city. There is a lot of hope if you believe in some of the young players they drafted. Yes, and while I may not be the biggest Carolina Panthers fan, I, I am excited always when teams are in the national spotlight putting that shine on the city that I love, the city that I grew up in. And I, and I will say, Walker, you know, this is big of me that, you know, after the 49ers go back to back, I wouldn't mind if the Panthers, you know, got a chip. I'd be okay with that. Save that, Fitty. Save yeah, that. After they go back to back, you know. Save it. I'll, I'll be content for a while and, 
Bryce Young, you know, he, he he's my guy, so I, I can't hate on him but so much. But, yeah, no, but to your point, though, it has been really cool. I feel like it's been in the stars, us getting this show, and then all the great happenings that's been going on because it's been dope. <laughs> number two overall pick, number one overall pick in football, and the storylines are going to be endless uh, for the foreseeable future with both of these franchises, whether it turns out good or bad. But we wanted to turn out good for the most part. And uh, it's great to have this type of feeling. I do think there are a lot of people that pull for both the Panthers and the Hornets that haven't felt this regarding both teams in quite some time. Because if the Hornets or the Bobcats were picking this high, MKG was the last time they were selecting at number two. It clearly didn't work out the way everybody wanted it to. They picked LaMelo Ball at number three, and we were having could he be an MVP type of uh, conversation because he was winning Rookie of the Month every single month in his rookie year. Now the injuries have unfolded. We've seen three years pass by. The Hornets have not won a play-in game or reached the playoffs. So maybe this is kind of a reset for the Hornets with new ownership, with presumably a new GM sooner rather than later with Mitch Kupchak being the age he is and with him being a Michael Jordan hire. And plus we have a complete reset with Carolina. I think it's nice to clean the slate for these fans because they want to see good news. And it's been a while, even with the Carolina Panthers having not reached the playoffs in quite some time, that is a longer drought than Panthers fans are used to experiencing. You have to go back at the very beginning of the franchise's future before you really had this type of drought, not being able to get to the postseason. And with the Hornets, it's been a long time too. To have a reset, to provide hope, maybe even thread the needle a little bit with both of these teams, Wes. I've used that example a lot for Carolina, trading up from nine to number one so you already know you have some talent but even with Charlotte there were so many different injuries they suffered it's not a usual number two overall pick type of team with guys coming back via free agency and just via injury you had your best player only play 36 games and he was in and out of the lineup when he would come back it was really hard to develop a rhythm I think there's plenty of room for optimism with both of these franchises and that's why it's nice plus I love what you said when we had the new show yeah. Once we launched in November, for some reason. We got good gifts. The karma just started to roll <laughs> the way of the Charlotte sports teams. But Queen it is nice City to see. Queen City Magic, baby. That's right. Queen City Magic. And so uh, when you're talking about all of this, as I said, the, the storylines are going to be fantastic. And so for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, you look at what they did in this NBA draft. And you have to be excited. And I guess some fans are still probably sitting there wondering what could have been. But just for the storylines and all of the things that you're going to hear, the Hornets and the Panthers will be making the national shows. They will be talked about. There will be lots of topics yeah. to be talked about for quite a long time. So, yeah, it's going to be very entertaining, man. It's, it's a great time. All right. Overall, who do you think that had the better draft, the Carolina Panthers or the Charlotte Hornets? We want to hear from you. 704-570-9610. Which Charlotte sports franchise had the better draft between the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets? We'll get to that. Plus, give you more main takeaways from Mitch Kupchak's press conference right here on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio. Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Wesley Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We left last segment with the question, who had the better draft in Charlotte? Was it the Carolina Panthers or was it the Charlotte Hornets? Colin came in. We were talking about the star each of these teams drafted. Carolina drafting Bryce Young, Charlotte drafting Brandon Miller. If you were to compare both of these drafts and who did better, quote unquote, I think you go to the star having a much wider consensus that, oh, okay, the Panthers got this right. With Brandon Miller, people were booing at the Spectrum Center. Now, because this happens with every draft, people will change their opinions the day after, a couple days after, because you don't want to be a hater. You would like to embrace whatever that selection is. And so then when you have the polls out there that are changing dramatically of all scoot, and now they're closer to 50-50, maybe even favoring Brandon Miller. The approval is getting a little more as the days go on. Maybe we can visit this again, as we are, trying to figure out who had the better draft. But it is interesting to see the top pick, Carolina, everyone was on board with that. Okay? I mean, at least an overwhelming majority was way on board with Bryce Young being that number one overall pick. Not so much with Charlotte. I would argue that Carolina had the more polarizing draft pick with DJ Johnson. Us kind of scratching our head as to that's early. You traded up to get him. Don't know if that makes a ton of sense right now, even if there is some necessity at that position where Charlotte after number two, everything's celebrated. Nick Smith Jr. People love it. James Najee. I know I love it. We'll see if he actually comes over from FC Barcelona where he's not FC Barcelona, but Barcelona. We'll see if, what happens there. Mm -hmm. And then Amari Bailey, who was a top 10 guy that really came on late and improved, finished the season on a high note with UCLA in the PAC 12 tournament. Everyone loved those draft picks after their top one. What say you on who you think had the better draft? It's going to be easier for these Carolina Panthers guys to make an immediate impact just because of how many players you need out there on the football field more so than the Hornets. I mean, you might have one guy that doesn't even come over to play in the NBA. But just all in all, would you still say Carolina had the better draft between the two? Wow, that is a very interesting question, but I probably surprised you here. I do think the most polarizing pick was still Brandon Miller, but I'm going to go with the Hornets Mm -hmm. because of the value of their second first-round pick. They got a guy that a lot of people talked about in Nick Smith Jr., that had he not been injured, this was a young man that we would have seen go much earlier and probably in the lottery. So to be able to get a two for one, which I'm a big value guy, as I said, I got the shirts two for 16 bucks. So to get two for one lottery guys, that is uh, fantastic. And then Najee, you look at another guy who they said was shooting up draft boards who could have got into the bottom of the first round. They said some people were expecting him to get back into the bottom of the first round. So you essentially have three first round caliber picks and then Amari Bailey. I like this kid as well, mainly because I saw him on reality TV on his show with Sierra King. And is he a Ray John Wright for the Hornets? What kind of, cause you could see, <laughs> you could see the, the pedigree that the kid had. One of my, my, one of my favorite words, you could see the pedigree that he has and that he was a kid that was obsessed with basketball as well. Uh, I thought that, especially after I watched that show, that he was on his way. Because most kids in basketball, they translate. When they're a highly touted recruit, most of the time they end up in the lottery when they're those top-of-the-top guys. So I would go with the Hornets because I feel like they got the best value. I felt like Mingo was a guy that most people tabbed as a second rounder. You may have seen some people say he could go first round. Maybe even higher. No, I mean, maybe drafted higher than than what was the opinion on him. Sure, that's what I'm saying. but, But most people had him as a second rounder. Uh, Zavala is another guy that went about. He was a riser, but got to that third round. 
Now, Jamie Robinson was the guy who I felt like was the most value when you talk about where he may end up being and what he's done so far as opposed to where he was drafted. So, yeah, I go with the Hornets. Uh, Spence, by the way, corrected me. I said Walker James Najee was on FC Barcelona basketball. So, yeah, uh, there you go. That is the team. Yeah, so FC Barcelona, um, that is where James Najee is playing right now. We'll see if he does come over or if he is a draft and stash type of guy. No, it is hard for me to try to decipher because if we're to try to assign importance via percentage on each of these draft picks, Clearly, Brandon Miller gets majority of the pie chart, and so does Bryce Young. Bryce Young at quarterback, Colin was mentioning this too in the studio, you'd rather your team hit on the QB that you draft so high, maybe over the Charlotte Hornets at number two, depending on who you're a bigger fan of, whatever that could actually change. But if it was a defensive end type of draft class where Clowney versus blank is the decision you have to make at the top or... Miles Garrett versus blank is someone you have to make at that decision towards the top. Then I'd rather the Charlotte Hornets hit on their number two overall pick, because I think it's understood that one single player outside of QB can have as dramatic an impact as any position in sports with basketball. When one guy is drafted, that can help save your franchise. If a QB is drafted, then that can help save your franchise. So it is more important to me that Carolina hits on Bryce than Charlotte hits with the all-NBA potential on Brandon Miller. But there's some people writing in. 704 said, arguably, we got four first-round pick talents with the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, it's it's probably a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I'd go three. But but I don't think it's it's not crazy talk because Brandon, clearly a top three guy. Nick Smith Jr. once upon a time was going to be a lottery pick. Mitch Kupchak told you he was in their top 16. Amari Bailey once upon a time was a top 10 guy. And James Najee, maybe not there, but he is a riser. He's not one of these players that was highly touted and then fell down because of injury. He's rising because of how late he picked up the game, but also just how much he's starting to develop and blossom in real time. So, yeah, probably a little far-fetched, but I don't think it's a crazy comment to make about the Hornets. Yeah, as I said, I think three of them because when I read the CBS grades for the NBA draft, the James Najee selection in the description, they talked about how he was a guy that many people thought could go at the bottom of the first round. So I would definitely ride with three. Uh, I won't give them four, but three most definitely. Uh, You're going to like this text. 704 said, Wes and T-shirts equals Walker and running backs. They like the shop, bargain bin, <laughs> make sure they get the best value. But we still get fire. We can still get fire. I running do have backs. a cap on T-shirts, too, as far as how much I will pay. What, what is, is it? Well, yeah, let's hear it. I, I mean, to me, 30 and up is pushing it. Like, it's got to be fire, fire for me to pay $30 or more for a T-shirt. 35 is mine. And yeah. I feel like that's the top end that you'll see. If it's more, it's going to be really hard for me to spend anything yeah. more than 35 on a T-shirt. Yeah, man. And I was going to say, too, just the uh, just throwing it in real quick, throwing that in the ring, the, the double Bama that we got going on here with Bryce and Brandon Miller. That's right. Somebody wrote that in. I think Chris from Connecticut wanted to make that point, that we both got our high draft picks from Tuscaloosa, Bryce Young with Carolina, and Brandon Miller on the basketball side. How much do we care about that? Are we just going to embrace Alabama now? I do. Why do you care about it? Because SEC fans will be insufferable, like I said, with the Panthers and all of the SEC guys. You want that? No, I just said the fans will be insufferable uh, just talking trash. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, you know, they deserve it. They got the belt, and they're the best football conference, no doubt about it. I just get tired of hearing it, and they just get so arrogant. Well, are they taking over basketball, Fitty? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wanted to go to. 
they're not taking over basketball despite having, I mean, we had to go to a different land compared to ACC yeah, land in order to get our guy. ACC guys in the first round. Yeah, that's right. What do you so, think, Fiddy? You're saying no way? No, I mean, look, and I know that they're going to say, well, they just got a, a five-star player from North Carolina to go to Alabama over over yeah, UNC. True that, too. You know, that's what happens when, you know, money talks and kids don't care about playing for the hometown school. No, look, Nate Oates is doing a fantastic job. He's building a fantastic program in Alabama. It's not going to sustain for the next decade like you've seen at Kentucky, Tennessee, not even Auburn. We're kind of going off on a tangent here. I do want to get to some of this cup check audio, but I do think it's an interesting convo to bring up Nate Oates. I almost raise baseball is the wrong comparison. But I'm trying to think of an analytics approach for a team that absolutely works on a large sample size. But but does it work? It does. Yeah. He's made the final four. But they were number one seed. Like, they're coming. But this is my point. This is exactly my point. Regular season is what I said. That was my distinction. Because no arguing there. It's worked over the course of the regular season. But once you have a game-to-game basis type of thing then is this going to be something where you have to make adjustments against a San Diego state that is older, that does have grown men everywhere on the roster. And now you just can't chuck threes all the time. And then you get beat while the Aztecs are moving on to the final four. How much is, uh, is the analytics approach because it is built on a large sample size more often than not, when we do this, we're going to win. It's not completely thrown out of the window, but those odds dwindled down when you're just talking about a one-off scenario. Mm-hmm. And so now, does Nate Oates have the requisite ability to actually make the adjustments, have players do different things to actually move on to the NCAA tournament? And the reason I'm having that conversation is if we're going to compare the SEC and the ACC, then you're going to have to have the NCAA tournament success mm-hmm. to which the SEC, how much are we seeing from that right now? Yeah, maybe not as much with UConn winning the title and them beating San Diego State in the, in the final. Well, I think we've seen the model from Cal at Kentucky and Duke. It's not going to be easy to win with a bunch of freshmen. We already know how the story's going to go. You might get a championship, especially when you find that guy. Uh, like when Cal had Anthony Davis or uh, when Duke had Okafor and the crew there. But for the most part, it's going to be difficult to beat these teams that have the seasoned veterans and your roster's turning over, which now everybody in college basketball's roster is turning over year in and year out, but it's still going to be hard to beat these experienced kids, bigger, stronger, faster, who've been in these programs longer, over the talent of the young freshmen. We've already seen that. So Nate Oates at Alabama is going to be no different than Cal, no different than Duke, especially Coach K in the latter years, because he's going to get super talented players, and they're going to run into those seasoned teams down the line, and go home. Yeah, I mean, you got to go to 2019 before you get to a Final Four SEC team, and that's when Auburn made it in 2019. In 2020, you didn't have it because of the pandemic. In 2021, it was Baylor beating Gonzaga. Houston, UCLA made it. Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Villanova. UConn, San Diego State, Miami, FAU this past season. And so we'll see about the SEC just to kind of shed some light on the comparison between those two big old conferences. I do want to read some text messages. We were talking about your limit on a t-shirt love nascar brad writing in 25 dollars is my limit unless it's a nascar shirt lol yeah mm-hmm. go ahead if it's something that you like then you got to go ahead and spin the skrilla as my co-host might say <laughs> jack wrote in with jt thor and kai jones on the roster why do we need Najee? i'm tired of the raw bigs it's a good question 
I don't think Najee is as raw defensively as Kai Jones. And even with JT Thor, he's starting to get over it. Yeah. I, I mean, Thor is an interesting, I, I don't mind his development and what he's done the last couple of years, but you still don't run away from talent just because you might have somebody that fits that archetype a little bit. We're drafting to the 30s now, man. Which obviously is not enough, which is why they're going to get a yeah. James Najee. Exactly. They don't feel like it's good enough. The call, uh, the texter does make a good point. It does get kind of tiresome when you keep drafting similar type of players that you're waiting on their potential. But obviously the Hornets are tired of waiting on it as well. That's why they drafted him. Right. Um, CJ said, sounds like the Hornets will have the best G League team in the league. <laughs> Go to the Greensboro Swarm. Get that banner redder, baby. <sighs> that's fine. Greensboro needs something to pull for over there, man. So that's good. <laughs> I, I won a championship with the Swarm. We can get to some more text a little bit later on. I did want to at least dabble in the pool of Mitch Kupchak audio. So we'll get to that. Here's Mitch Kupchak discussing what he would say to people who did have the negative reaction to drafting Brandon Miller. This was on Thursday, the night of the draft. Attention. I don't know if you heard the response from the arena. There have been other videos of people who had a bit of a negative response significantly. How would you respond to fans who might have a negative opinion about this pick for whatever reason? Which arena? I mean, there were a lot of booze in Spain. In this arena here? <laughs> No, I'm not aware of that. It's news to me. Can I ask you this first? <laughs> um, what's your reaction to him asking what arena it is twice? Being genuinely surprised. No, it's... I mean, I guess he could have had Barclays in his mind with the draft happening there if I'm trying to defend Mitch Kupchak. But ultimately, you'd have to understand it was the Spectrum Center... I am not surprised, though, that Mitch Kupchak didn't have any clue about the reaction that was coming. Plenty of polls told you that they all wanted Scoot. The Hornets fan base did. Plenty of polls did. So what do you make of uh, that reaction from Mitch Kupchak? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that he would not know. I mean, you didn't know that you guys were having a draft party at the arena. Maybe he did know because he was so immersed in the draft process. So uh, that's my thing. That's the only excuse I can give him because other than that, I mean, what what did he think at Bojangles Arena? They were booing. Like where else Pick would they draft be party? <laughs> Big old draft party over there yeah. at Bojangles Picking Arena. Biscuits for everybody. They were they were booing the news that came out on Friday yes, about Bojangles, and I'm booing it. <laughs> All right, do we just need to get into that Sorry. right now? No, it's okay. No, it's fine because it's an important topic. We discuss the important issues. On Weston Walker. You know, <laughs> sorry, Mitch. We we gotta we gotta steer this vessel into the chicken conversation because Bojangles is telling us that they might want to be out of the chicken business. I'm not telling you what I'm interpreting. They straight up told you the S, uh, the CEO said that he's maybe looking to get out of the chicken business altogether. I believe Shroppy just walked in with, by with a full thing of Bojangles. What timing? Shroppy is walking in here, shropping it like it's hot with Bojangles in his hands. How devastating would it be to you, Wes, if they decided to make the decision of no longer providing in-bone chicken and not providing all-day breakfast? Yeah, anymore? man. I mean, the bone-in chicken for me, because I'm a very quirky guy with meals. I only like meals at certain times of the day, so I'm not a breakfast all-day guy. You're not going to catch me. Maybe a, a, a Cajun filet and some fries for lunch or something like that every now and again. But for the most part, I keep breakfast food at breakfast, so that doesn't bother me. But the removal of bone-in chicken is trash. That is what I get for the most part. When I go to Bojangles, unless it is breakfast, I get bone-in chicken. So that means I will fully become invested in Popeye's chicken from here on out okay. because I love bone-in chicken. So, And I love Bojangles, but if you're going to take it away from me, I wonder what's the deal. 
This is almost foul line worthy because okay. I'm not going to go. All right. I was about to say, I was about to tee you up. <laughs> but I'm just saying, restaurants, is it that it's not selling as much? Because I know I don't know a ton of people outside of that, that eat bone-in chicken as much. So I wonder if it's the sales. Because other than that, I can't think. Because I just had this conversation about why restaurants make changes that they do. Cookout has trash fries now. Why did you change it? KFC, why did you get rid of the wedges? The wedges were great. You take this outfit home and you burn it. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. I don't understand what these meetings are. Do you guys eat the food that you sell? Do you go up and you say, oh, man, these wedges are great, but we got to get rid of them. How can you eat those wedges and ever decide to get rid of them? All right, I'm done. No, you're good. 980. If you have more information on this, that's fine. I have the article pulled up. (laughs) But if you at home, you have been sleuthing, trying to figure out what it is that's going on with Bojangles, 980 wrote in. They aren't taking it away in North Carolina, South Carolina, or Georgia. But the problem is if they're taking it away elsewhere, and let's just say on the off chance that it might do well, it might infiltrate state right. lines and i don't want that i do not want that Keep the bone-in chicken brendan did say that Bo said it would not affect current stores so if that happens then hopefully we'd be safe 919 you guys didn't read the whole quote from uh bojangle ceo Jeez, man look i read the article all I saw was that there was a possibility of getting rid of all-day breakfast and bone-in chicken. When you read something like that, it's so shocking. You don't want to read anymore. Yeah. I, you just drop the, the, the phone or paper, whatever it is, and just walk away. Yeah, geez. Right. Yeah. Get your information right, Wes and Walker. We're going to try. <laughs> we'll give you a we'll lot try, more man. of the hard-hitting storylines and more updates on this Bojangle story as <laughs> it goes on. Until then, we got to get to more storylines where uh, we now drop you the Fitty Flash, the first one of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little pity. This might be a little bit of an overreaction. If, if this were to transpire in the Carolinas five, ten years down the road, this would be the end of humanity. Yeah. There's no coming back. The Bojangles combo? Yes. End of days. No, I know. And somebody, 336. This is the first time I'm hearing this Bojangle news, and I'm devastated. I don't want to fear monger. I don't want to do that. We will try to get more information and display it as truthful God, as good. such so we don't fear monger. I think we, we should bring monger. the CEO on and bully him into not making this decision permanent no matter where they are. <laughs> uh, we need to save the city. Well, he ain't coming in here if he doesn't have chicken with him. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> you come in here, you the CEO, you better have some cards or some chicken or something. Bone in. Um, That's right. All right, guys. Over the weekend, the Knights, they split their six-game series with the Louisville Bats. They'll be back in action later this week against Norfolk. A uh, day after claiming the pole position for the first time in his career, my guy, your guy, everybody, everybody's guy, Ross Chastain, won his first race of the year last night at Nashville. That's NASCAR Brad's favorite driver, by the way. That's why he's in such a great mood. And Charlotte FC, they earned a third straight draw over the weekend. They played Montreal to a nil-nil final Saturday night at the bank. And we'll have Willie P, I think, tomorrow in studio. Oh, he's coming in. He, guys, I'm not even exaggerating. He begged. Did he really beg to come into the studio? All right. I mean, look, this is the same person that has been denying us, but I think once he was with us at the Spectrum Center, he realized just how fun it is. 
being in person with us talking about whether it be Charlotte FC or the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. So I guess we'll welcome him. I guess that's okay. Tomorrow. We might. 145. Dude, we should shut him. We should lock the door. If we lock the door, does it even have a lock? I yeah. think so. I have him out in the uh, corridor talking on the phone. Yeah, let's right. Wait, I want him right behind the glass on his cell phone with his arms crossed, too, saying, why are you guys not letting me in the studio? And then we lock it. Let's go find the key, and then we'll make sure that he can't get into the studio. You guys have access, though. You guys have plenty of access to us on Wesson Walker, plenty of different platforms. We're continuing on here on a Monday. Coming up the campus corner, is Caleb Williams on the same level prospect-wise as Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence? And if he is, is Drake May? We'll answer that question coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. It's not a foul. The Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, nine two seven. WFNZ, hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials, folks. Hit that follow button, WFNZ, on Twitter and Instagram. Wesson Walker Show on Twitter, at Walker Mail on Twitter, and the new Instagram. Walker, have you gotten the uh, profile uh, picture for that yet? No, I haven't still done Still deciding? I haven't done anything. No, it's not even that I'm still deciding. I'm just not putting enough emphasis like I don't care about it right now (laughs) I need to make sure that I get a profile pic because I had people asking me at the draft party just a couple not droves but a couple like yo I'm trying to find you on Instagram Mm. and I can't find you because it's just the little gray profile Uh, I at least need to that's my next thing I just need to update and upload a profile picture to the gram so people know who they're following all right and then uh at htb Mm -hmm. underscore josh on twitter instagram and at Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. And now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. The praise is continuing to roll in for Caleb Williams of USC. David Shaw, ex-Stanford coach, said, and I quote, there's only one 10 out of 10 that I've seen, and that's Andrew Luck. When Trevor Lawrence came out, I thought he was the best since Andrew Caleb Williams is the best since Andrew. If he's not a 10, he's a 9.9999999. But his improvisational skills are to the level of Patrick Mahomes. Said you get mesmerized watching the guy play. And then he continued on to say to me as Andrew number one in this generation and Caleb Williams number two and said there's not a close number three. And I know that Andrew Luck was considered by many to be maybe even the greatest NFL draft prospect ever, especially at quarterback. So do we feel that these are fair comparisons for Caleb Williams and then Drake May right up the road in Chapel Hill? How close is he to Caleb Williams or is this draft pretty much, and I know we're getting way, way, way ahead, but is this just a foregone conclusion and Drake May can't catch Caleb Williams at all. No, I think that a lot can be made up. A lot of ground can be made up over the course of one year. That's one thing that I've learned about sports as the years go on. It's that big time storylines can flip on their head that you can have something change in value, whether it be a prospect, whether it be a contract, whether it be anything. I absolutely could see 
somebody in the NFL liking Drake May as much as Caleb Williams. I don't know if there has been as big of a gap between Andrew Luck and everybody else as there is with Caleb Williams, just because we have Drake May as that same type of conversation point, Wes. So with Luck, yeah, I think with me, Caleb, if Caleb Williams was maybe a little bit bigger, you might have some of that uh, Andrew Luck feel. Caleb Williams does seem like a really smart QB alongside Andrew, so I don't know who's got the edge there. The accuracy, I'm not sure who has the edge there. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a little bit closer. I I just don't get the feeling that people are talking about Caleb like they were Andrew Luck back when we go to 2012. I don't know if you feel it the same way. Yeah, I mean, I think the buzz for him is palpable, but I don't see that. And I think that the Patrick Mahomeses of the world had definitely helped this kid to get the praise that he's getting because now we see Patrick Mahomes winning Super Bowls. We see just how dominant he's been out there on the football field. And now that teams, they look at Patrick Mahomes and they say, I want that. And so now they have a chance to get that with the Caleb Williams, who plays very similar to Patrick Mahomes. And so I think that's where a lot of this is coming from, because when you're being compared to the greatest quarterback uh, in the game right now and a guy that looks like a surefire Hall of Famer, of course, people are going to want that. As far as Drake May and Caleb Williams from a talent aspect, it's hard because both of them make wild plays. And Caleb Williams, I mean, I was looking at some footage of him the other day. The one throw he had, I forget who they were playing, where he jumped up in the air in basically distress and threw it to the other sideline. I I mean, it was insane. But Drake May has some plays like that, like the play against Miami when he gets hit, gets it to Josh Downs for the touchdown pass. Um, But as far as just, for one, I never thought Andrew Luck was the greatest NFL prospect in my mind anyway, but that's a whole nother uh, well, story. Who was? No, I do. I want to hear that story. Who, who I was like you? Trevor Lawrence better than Andrew Love. Well, Trevor Lawrence coming out. Trevor Lawrence was on that level though. Yeah, yes. Yes. I, yes. I think if I think if we're talking about John Elway is, is the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Just going back into, I don't even know when he was drafted, what, 80, something like that. But John Elway. 83, I believe. So John Elway, then you had the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf conversation. Then I feel like you got to Andrew Luck. I don't. I think you had to go back to You're the right. Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning, and then we get to Trevor Lawrence. Now maybe Caleb Williams enters that conversation. But to me, yeah, I think they're all kind of right there when you're discussing um, when you're discussing who is at that top list. Two five two did bring up RG three was somebody that you could consider at that point, right behind Andrew Luck coming out of twenty twelve. Nobody. I don't think anybody was going to select RG three over Luck though. No, nobody was going to do that. But he definitely had his uh, his buzz was crazy too, and it a was. lot of people were anticipating his rookie year and what he could do. So that's an uh, astute point there. This text though, I take RG three over Andrew Luck ten times out of ten. RG three was phenomenal. He was great. But there was no way that he was going to be taken number one overall in that draft over Andrew Luck, right? No, no. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, he was billed as the guy, the best prospect since Elway and maybe even better. But do you think that Drake May is even in the stratosphere of any of these guys? Yeah, I think Drake May is in the stratosphere. He did not end the season on a solid note. I do think that you have a way better offensive coordinator in Lincoln Riley and a way better head coach in Lincoln Riley than you do with what North Carolina was dealing with last year in Phil Longo and... And Mac Brown. Yeah, Mac has the championship, but it's often been described as him. He's a great coach until you get to game day on Saturday, and then the decision-making isn't fantastic. But the recruiting from Mac Brown has always been very good. Lincoln is kind of thought of, he's 
outright thought of as a mastermind. Think about all of the work that he's done with smaller QBs, and now you even have Caleb Williams as a better prospect than Kyler Murray, than Baker Mayfield, some of the other QBs that he was working with at Oklahoma. I think that clearly works alongside one Caleb, and I think people will use that to maybe bring Drake May up a little bit closer to what Caleb Williams is. I do think you're going to have some NFL evaluators. If Drake May does what we mostly anticipate him to do, if he does that, I do think NFL evaluators, some of them will have Drake May over Caleb. But I do think that consensus majority they're all going to have Caleb as the number one prospect yeah I would say with Caleb Williams too you talk about the Lincoln Riley aspects and I think that yeah of course his offense is potent we know what he can do it's just the the off schedule the word that they love to use is what makes Caleb Williams so tantalizing as a prospect because a lot of guys can get in that offense and do work but it's just what do you do that's different from everybody else and Caleb Williams is so different you go back to even when he was at Oklahoma the crazy throw that he had in the Red River rivalry when he's rolling out and makes an insane throw on the run for a touchdown. So it's those types of plays that makes him so special. As far as Drake May goes, I think that he did play very well in the scheme of Carolina last year, but then when he was off schedule as well, he played for the most part. But I think that Drake, a lot of his stuff was within the offense, and so I want to see from him, uh, can he pick back up those gaudy numbers that he had from the first 10 games and not what he did in the well, last the, four. The Lincoln stuff is, is interesting because it, I just named a few of those QB prospects, they're all small guys. Baker Mayfield, so productive. In that mix to go number one with Darnold, Josh Allen eventually would be that number one overall pick, but always a smaller player. Same thing with Kyler Murray. You get taller and much better body with Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts um, accuracy-wise, was not thought of. I mean, we, of course, know that he lost the job to Tua, and that's why Lincoln Riley got his hands on him anyway. And Lincoln really helped Jalen actually be an accurate thrower of the football before eventually taking another step with Philadelphia. Here, is this the most complete quarterback prospect that he's had come into his system? Yes. And so if that's the case, if you're telling me, all right, you got the size, you have the athleticism, you have the arm strength, all of the natural ability that would allow you to be number one in the first place. Oh, and you give him that mind? Then we're not questioning some of the same stuff we did with Murray and Baker Mayfield, and that's going to take you to an entirely different stratosphere. Yeah, and I would say Kyler Murray from a talent standpoint, though. I mean, he was a guy coming out of high school, and as far as just how he could play for him, it was just mentality, and we know that stuff's been picking up more in the NFL than it did in college. Drake May has a shot to catch him, but I do think it's pretty decisive between the two right now, unless Drake yeah. can come back out and do what he did in those first 10 games of last season. But when we come back, are the Panthers surprised? Are you surprised, or should I say, why are the Panthers surprised that this aspect of Bryce Young's game will have that and more? This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.